Antique Roadshow. Some of you have watched it. Deacon up here has watched it, I think, or he's heard about it. Haven't watched it too much. I've, I've seen different episodes, but I know they're go around trying to, to value things, whether they're real antiques or not. Some people have had these antiques restored, which actually increased the value. But actually, what I'm learning in a little bit of research that I did is actually if you restore or try to restore some antiques, it actually decreases their value. Because what makes them value is, what makes them value was the artisan, the person who made the item. If you go ahead and you try to tweak it or you try to repair it or you try to fix it, it actually decreases the value. So what gives it value is the person who made it. It's really important for us to understand as we have this conversation about mercy, what is mercy? Well, first of all, let's, let's talk about from who mercy comes from. Mercy, ultimately, at least in our conversation, is going to come from God. And God, first of all, made you and he made me. He made you. He thought of you from the beginning of time, from before all the foundation of the world. He had you in mind. He thought of what you were going to look like. He thought of your mind. He thought of your heart. He thought of your body. He thought of you, and then he made you. He fashioned you. He made you with his hands. God is your artisan. God is your maker. And what he made is incredibly valuable. You and I are the most beautiful of all of his creation. And sometimes we think, or at least I think, maybe you don't, but I do. Sometimes when I sin, when I do something wrong, it begins to impact my value, my worth. It actually devalues me. It makes me less than what I was before. And sometimes people, toxic people in my life, they can say words that maybe they intend or maybe they don't intend, but they can say things that get me to further believe that. I'll say some dirty words. They're, you're trash. You're not worth it. You're not good anymore. You're not valuable to me. There's an implication that what I was worth before is no longer and now I'm just left with something that used to be, but now it is so much less. I want to introduce you to a quote that uh, John Paul II wrote in, he wrote a whole letter, a whole encyclical, a big fancy letter called about mercy. And I know this is a, this is a big quote, but I want you to, to just bear with me, right? This is the quote. The true and proper meaning of mercy does not consist only in looking, however penetrating and compassionately, at moral, physical, or material evil. Stay with me. 
Mercy is fully manifested when it restores to value, when it promotes and draws good from all forms of evil existing in the world and in man. We're going to break this down a little bit. It's a pretty extensive quote, pretty theologically dense. When God looks at us, he just doesn't look at us with compassion. He doesn't look at us from afar and feel love for us. That's important. He doesn't only do that. But what John Paul II says is this. Mercy is fully manifested when it restores to value. When God looks at us, when he approaches us, and he touches us, and he restores us to the original value he made us to be. That's mercy. I just want you to get this. God doesn't look at us and love us from afar, especially when we're sinful. Sin doesn't actually turn away God from us. No, sin actually propels God to us to restore our value, to draw good from all forms of evil that exist in the world and in man. Jesus wants to draw good back out of us, the good he made inside of us, because you and I are incredibly valuable. And when we sin, we don't see our value, but God sees it. In the Gospels, Jesus says to one of his disciples who said, Lord, show us the Father that will be enough for us. Jesus says, but to see me is to see the Father. Jesus is the extension of the Father. Therefore, the Father's mercy is shown to us in Jesus. Jesus takes upon the sin of the world. He doesn't run from it. He takes it upon himself. He takes it to the cross and died for us. And what happened at the cross? Jesus was pierced. Um, they took a lance. His fifth wound was actually experienced after he died. They took a lance and pierced his side. And from his side, blood and water flowed. That's where we get the image of the divine mercy. And from that side, from that blood and water, flow all of our sacraments. And the sacraments are meant to minister to you and to me. It's a way that God gives us his life. We're baptized into the life of Jesus. We're fed by his body and blood in the Eucharist. When we get sick, we're restored to health in this anointing of the sick. When we need the fullness of the Spirit, we're confirmed. We have priests, the sacrament of holy orders, to serve us, the lay people. Those of you who are married, you have a sacrament so that you can serve each other. In the midst of our sin... Actually, what God does, his response is to give us something that ministers to us in our sin. This is so important. Because Jesus rose from the dead, there is no sin that is more powerful than his mercy. Nothing can stop 
his mercy except someone who doesn't want to receive his mercy. That's the only thing that can keep God's mercy from having an effect on our life. And so, Jesus doesn't just look at us. He came to restore our value. Came to restore our value. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but um, we've said, Lord, have mercy a lot of times so far in Mass. We definitely said it three times. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We said it in the Gloria several times. We're going to say it a few more times in the Our Father. We're going to talk about mercy and forgiveness. Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others who trespassed against us. And then we're going to do something beautiful. We probably don't think about it a whole lot because we just do it all the time. We're going to ask the Lord for peace. Like peace comes when we receive mercy. Peace comes when we allow ourselves to be forgiven for the things we have done. Peace comes when we are reconciled to God. We're going to ask the Lord for his peace, and then we're going to extend that peace to others by a sign of peace. Now listen to this. I don't want you to miss this. What the church actually intends to happen, now the church like calls us, to holiness, right? The church challenges us to think in big, beautiful ways to aspire to something beautiful. What the church actually wants us to do is when we turn to our neighbor and extend a sign of peace, that sign is something that is actually happening in our hearts. We are saying, peace be with you. I wish peace on you, and I wish peace in our relationship. No, I'm not sure we actually think about that. In COVID, we weren't even, like, we weren't even looking at people. We're like, we weren't even giving them eye contact because they might want to touch us, and we just kind of keeping our hands to ourselves. We just kind of did a little head bod. Sometimes we do this, you know, do this, you know. We just kind of look across. Like, th- like, people who have hurt you, people who have maybe said things about you, people who have, um, gosh, betrayed you. You ever walk up to him like, gotcha. No, we hold resentment, we hold bitterness, we hold anger, we hold grudges inside of us. In the Gospel of Matthew, um, let's see, chapter 5, verse 23, it says this, If you come to the altar and there remember with your gift and there remember you have a grudge against someone else you have a a grievance against one of your neighbors leave your gift at the altar and go and be reconciled with your brother and then come back to the altar the image is be merciful to others as you have been shown mercy to not show in sign what we're not doing in action and reality. And so what we're doing is we come to the Lord at the beginning of Mass and we say, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, forgive me. Show me favor even in my sinfulness. And what the Lord does is he says, absolutely, I show you mercy. Now you go and show mercy to other people. The church shows mercy by giving mercy. And I really want to challenge you today 
to do two things. To think about your life in where you need to receive God's mercy, where you need God to restore your value and your worth, where you have maybe lost a sense of how valuable and worthy you are. Where do you need to pray into your life to receive that? Maybe it's things you've done in the past. Maybe it's things that have done to you and you believe all kinds of lies about yourself and you just need to receive God's gaze upon you, the Father's love upon you. You need to receive his look on you that tells you how valuable you are. One, where is it in your life you need to receive that gaze? And two, who is it in your life that you need to extend mercy to? And I'm not talking about a sign. I'm talking about an internal act of forgiveness, an internal extension to someone else, mercy. John Paul II says this in the same letter. He says this, he who forgives and he who is forgiven encounters one another at an essential point, their dignity, which is the essential value of the person. The Lord invites us to extend mercy to other people because of their dignity and their value because that's what God does to us. He made you and he made the person who you are struggling to forgive. It what makes them valuable, what makes them worth something is not what you give them, it's what God has already given them by the fact that he created them. So let's pray for that grace. Lord, help me extend mercy to other people who have maybe hurt me. The rest of this Mass, as we ask for mercy to God, I want you to pray to receive mercy and to give mercy. And be specific in your prayer.